The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, Psalm chapter 25 this morning. We're going to look at three verses. I'm going to read them and then we're going to, I'm going to kind of give an introductory thought. Roman, uh, excuse me, Psalm 25 verse 12. Uh, the Bible says, what, is, uh, what man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease. His seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he shall show them his covenant. You know, a couple times there's a word used in this passage that has become a very used word in our culture today, and that word is fear. Uh, there, you know, fear, we have to remember, fear is an emotion God gave us. Fear, on many occasions, if, if in the right situation, protects us. Um, you know, I don't, we don't walk across the street without looking both ways for fear or common sense of being hit. Um, we drive and we go places and we make decisions. You use wisdom. We lock our doors. And I, I grew up in, uh, before we moved here when I was 14 to Pennsylvania, we lived in Michigan, the country. Uh, honestly, we never locked our doors. I didn't even, we didn't even think about it. I didn't have a key. I don't know. We had a key somewhere in the house. We just didn't. Front door, back door. We didn't think about it. We would go out sometimes as kids and just sleep on the front porch. Uh, tent, you know, you, you didn't think about it. The worst case scenario, you know, a weird animal walks through the yard. We're in the middle of farmland. We didn't think much of it. Uh, there wasn't a lot of fear to that. Uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting. When we were having our first child, my wife and I were reading. She was reading a book, and she read me a very interesting article. And it simply put that um, the only fear that a child is born with is the fear of falling of gravity, uh, basically because, you know, it's been inside this womb and hasn't really understood the premise of gravity. And then as soon as it's born, it recognizes the sensation that it had not had prior to this time. And so it develops. That's why it's important, they say, when the baby is first born, wrap it up tight, just like it was in the womb, and hold it close, showing security, uh, because that's the only fear. But here's the interesting point, though. Every other fear that we have from the time of our birth is taught to us. It's given to us from maybe from our parents, our families, it's given us through our circumstances, through the events in our lives. And so fear comes based upon life ex- situations. Um, I was watching something last night on TV, I'm telling you, this guy climbed all the way to the top of one of these skyscraper cranes, and I understand it wasn't real, uh, but he, they're showing uh, from the top, and I, I'm struggling. I, I'm not a big fan of heights, and I've gotten to the point where I can do most things, but climbing on top of a skyscraper, just hanging out there, that's, 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 not, that's not my speed. But you know, the premise is fear in our day and age, I think, has been hijacked. The idea of fear has been hijacked to control us, to get us to do things, to get us to not do things, to get us to think a certain way, when in reality, uh, fear itself in, 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 that, in that reality, um, fear is dangerous. Fear is overwhelming. Fear is controlling. And I think if we're not careful, fear can do that. Now, I'm going to encourage you today that, interestingly enough, we talk about fear. We talk about fear of, of you know, the terrorism. You know, I think about this. My child was born right before 9-11. And she's entire, my oldest. And, and my three children, their entire life, we've been at war somewhere with terrorism. And so there's levels of fear. What could happen? Well, then there's, you know, active shooters. When we, you know, how many, we live in a day now where children don't just have to do fire drills. They have to do active shooter drills. And, and you think about this and all of the things that could bring fear in our culture today. And it's easy, if we're not careful, to allow it to consume us and therefore to control us. And I, I, let me just say this. There are, we need to be wise as serpent and subtle as doves. But fear, if, if it's allowed to, 
uh, puts us in a spot where we're not really living. We need to be wise in how we approach it and use God's wisdom. But you know, it's interesting that we can spend our time talking about the negative dangers of fear, but in this passage, there is a word that's used in good. The word fear is used good. It's used as one of the greatest things for us in our walk with God in this relationship with Jesus. And so let's break down these these verses and see what we can learn from them today. In verse 12, David said this, What man is here that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Now, when he says, he that feareth the Lord, when we think of fear, this word, and that's why I say the word fear is a level, the, the, the emotion comes from God. You know, there's, I respect, for example, I've joked about this a lot. I have a great respect for snakes. Um, you know, I just, uh, I grew up in a family. My dad grew up in Brazil, and so every snake, they just soon was poisonous. And so I grew up, my dad taught me that. Every snake is poisonous. We lived in Michigan. Uh, I think the biggest thing we ever saw was a garter snake. They're not dangerous. Uh, then we moved to Alabama. We heard about copperheads. And it's, so to me, any large worm was something I stayed away from. Uh, there, it's not fear per se, you know, spiders. I can kill them if I need to deal with it, I will. Uh, but there's a respect, a realization of what could happen. And that's a, a little differently, but that's the idea. There's a, there's a respect for who God is. There's a respect for what God can do. There's a reverence for who God is in my life. See, I go to God boldly before the throne of grace, but I recognize it is the throne of grace. And I recognize that I'm not going demanding of my God. I go boldly begging of my God for grace, for strength, for guidance, for wisdom, as the Bible says, and then to provide for my needs and things of that nature. I go boldly. But, you know, there is this thing we talk about about walking with God. There is a sweet relationship with God. And, and, and we talk about, you know, there's a difference between religion and a relationship. But can I tell you that, you know, religion is what the world states, I have to do, 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 do. And so sometimes we get the idea that it's a relationship and God does most of it. He brings and gives me salvation. It's free. He works in my heart. He gives me a new life and he sanctifies me and works me. But through all of that, we forget sometimes that this process requires me to work. This requires place, this, this responsibility places some on me to do some things, to walk in him, to grow in him. And so David says, what man fears the Lord? What man is going to recognize and reverence the Lord? And when I realize, one, one day I'll stand before God and I, wanna, I don't want to stand empty handed. Okay. Two, I, I'm going to serve and I have opportunities given to me to serve and to take people with me when I stand before God. So in that, I'm going to be in the Word of God. I need His direction to guide my family in our church and I need His direction to guide me as a husband. So in, in the fear of realizing all the things on my shoulder that mostly are just too overwhelming, I go to God. And I fear him enough to say, Lord, help me, to guide me and direct me. And that's it simply, it drives me back to a full realization. Was it Sunday morning? We sang the song, uh, just as I am, I come broken. I, you know, if we don't come to God fully broken in a realization that of ourselves, we can't do anything, we're not going to gain the strength we need. We need to come to God uh, broken enough to accept whatever it is he sends our way and allow him to be that strength. So he starts with, what man is he that fearful of the, feareth the Lord? Him, that man shall God teach in the way that he shall choose. So God will give direction. So I will find true direction when I'm willing to come to God and ask for it, when I'm willing to fear God and, and be in the Bible and be in prayer and come to him and say, Lord, I really need this. I can't get direction of myself. And real respect and reverence and fear of God is what drives me to enjoy that direction. Verse 13, his soul. My soul, the one that fears the Lord, his soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. David mentions two things in that verse. His soul shall dwell at ease. The idea is ease or peace. Now, simply put, it's kind of like you can sleep in the midst of chaos and still find peace. 
You know, sometimes we struggle going to bed at night because our mind is overwhelmed with all the things of our circumstances, decisions we have to make and things we have to do or things we failed to do or things we wish we could have done differently before. And I'm telling you, those things can consume you. They can overwhelm you. They can, they can keep you from ever moving forward. A failure. And that's why I'm reminded, you know, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth. We're never going to forget them. You know, the premise is to leave those things in the past, seek towards the new goal. God, God is always moving us and changing us and forgiving and healing and giving us new opportunities to move forward. So we can't let the past consume us. But he says, listen, if, I, if I'm fearful of the Lord and, I, and I'm reverencing and I'm walking intimately with God, it's really what it comes down to. I'm walking intimately with God. And I'm in his word and in his prayer. I'm at church. I'm serving. I'm doing all the things the best I can. I'm reaching out into trying to reach out to my community and my friends. What can I do to share the love of Jesus to my life, to my family, to my community? How can I do this? I'm striving to be used of God the best I can because I want people to recognize this intimate relationship. And by the way, that's so much deeper than just church. It's so much deeper than just even just watching us online is so much deeper. It just is personal. It really connects. It becomes real to me. And so my soul, that kind of person will dwell at ease. But you know, his seed shall inherit the earth. Why? Because there's such a passion for God in that person that his family will see it. And I tell you, as a father, that's something that I strive. I strive that my family would see. You know, what decisions they make is the decisions they make, but I hope that they would always see somebody as their dad, not just someone who does this for a living because he's a pastor, but somebody who loves God and has the sweet, intimate walk with God and in a reverence, dare I say, fear that drives him back to his knees and drives him back to the word of God. Verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant. So what is the secret of the Lord? It's a good question. There's really no simple answer for that. That's why I call it secret. It's one of those secrets that the average person will never fully understand, and the person who's discovered it will have a hard time explaining. When I have a sweet walk and communion with God, it's hard to put in words what that means, the peace that comes with it, the peace that Paul says passes all understanding, uh, the direction that comes with it, the guidance that comes with it, the, the acceptance of grace and the desire to continue to go forward. All of these things, that, you know, it doesn't make sense. You know, we can, we can try to explain it, but it's an experience. It's not something I can just put into a couple words. This secret of the Lord that comes with those who fear, that, that sweet, intimate relationship, it, it's, you can explain it, but it won't make sense to someone who's not experienced it. And that's the premise. When, when you fear and you walk with God, you, get, you, you enjoy parts of God that only those who are willing to sacrifice to do it, that are in the Word of God, that are willing to pray, maybe even fast, are involved, that take this so seriously. It's, part, it's to them as important as any, any or more important than any other part of life is their time with God and walking with God and being with God. And, and by the way, it's so much more than just devotions, although it starts there. It's, it's reading the Bible, but it's doing the Bible. It's involved in the Bible. It's, doing, it's humble enough to follow God, be in the Word of God, be in church, and just say, Lord, I, I'm committed. Something that our, our culture just pushes against, but commitment and concentration, a co concentration to God and a commitment to where, where God has us. You know, these are the things that we see. And then when we see God work in those times, boy, it's exciting, and you want to tell people, and you want to explain it, boy. It just doesn't, people don't fully understand it until they've experienced it themselves. Verse, end of verse 14, and he will show them his, his covenant. He, God will help them to see parts and, and blessings and answers that just, 
that aren't seen by everyone. Can I encourage you as I close that this sweet communion with God doesn't just come to everybody who's a Christian? Because, you know, we can, you know, the Bible says some are saved, you know, some will be pulled as though as a fire. Jude talks about some would be saved being pulled out of the fire. That Some will go through the Christian life as minimal as possible. They get saved, they know they're saved, and yet they're going to get to heaven. Kind of using like salvation as a fire escape. But in reality, that sweet communion is something, and that sweet journey with God is something they never experience. Let me tell you, it is more, you know, we, we, we run from this experiential Christianity, but yet there's an experience of watching God work on our lives that is just hard to explain with words. Let me encourage you that understand just like fear drives us in our daily lives and sometimes wrong controls us, may biblical godly fear drive us back to a place where we have a sweet, sweet communion with God. And we have things that just are hard to explain because we see God work in ways humanly that just doesn't make sense. Thank you so much for joining us and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day today. We hope it was an encouragement. We hope you'll continue to join us tomorrow. Again, tonight, invite you 7 o'clock here on Property. We start a brand new series in the Bible study on Wednesday night in the auditorium. Uh, teens and, of course, kids, and we have a nursery if, necess- if needed. Uh, and uh, we'd love to have you join us tonight. If you can't, join us online, 7 o'clock. We look forward to a great time around God's Word tonight. Hope you have a great rest of your day.